Section six of the Adventures of Buster Bear. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Leader. The Adventures of Buster Bear by Thornton W. Burgess. Chapter twenty one. Sammy Jay makes things worse for Buster Bear. Thief! 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 Sammy Jay was screaming at the top of his lungs as he followed Buster Bear across the old pasture toward the green forest. Never had he screamed so loud, and never had his voice sounded so excited. The little people of the green forest, the green meadows, and the smiling pool are so used to hearing Sammy cry thief that usually they think very little about it. But every blessed one who heard Sammy this morning stopped whatever he was doing and pricked up his ears to listen. Sammy's cousin, Blacky the Crow, just happened to be flying along the edge of the old pasture, and the minute he heard Sammy's voice he turned and flew over to see what it was all about. Just as soon as he caught sight of Buster Bear running for the green forest as hard as ever he could, he understood what had excited Sammy so. He was so surprised that he almost forgot to keep his wings moving. Buster Bear had what looked to Blacky very much like a tin pail hanging from his neck. No wonder Sammy was excited. Blacky beat his wings fiercely and started after Sammy. And so they reached the edge of the green forest, Buster Bear running as hard as ever he could, Sammy Jay flying just behind him, screaming, Thief! 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 at the top of his lungs, and behind him Blacky the Crow, trying to catch up and yelling as loud as he could, Caw! 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 Come on, everybody! Come on! Come on! <laughs> Poor Buster! It was bad enough to be frightened almost to death as he had been up in the old pasture when the pail had caught over his head just as Farmer Brown's boy had yelled at him. Then to have the handle of the pail slip down around his neck so that he couldn't get rid of the pail but had to take it with him as he ran was making a bad matter worse. Now to have all his neighbors of the green forest see him in such a fix and make fun of him was more than he could stand. He felt humiliated. That is just another way of saying shamed. Yes, sir. Buster felt that he was shamed in the eyes of his neighbors, and he wanted nothing so much as to get away by himself, where no one could see him, and try to get rid of that dreadful pail. But Buster is so big that it is not easy for him to find a hiding place, so when he reached the green forest he kept right on to the deepest, darkest, most lonesome part, and crept under the thickest hemlock tree he could find but it was of no use. The sharp eyes of Sammy Jay and Blacky the Crow saw him. They actually flew into the very tree under which he was hiding, and how they did scream! Pretty soon old Mr. Buzzard came dropping down out of the blue, blue sky, and took a seat on a convenient dead tree, where he could see all that went on. Old Mr. Buzzard began to grin as soon as he saw that tin pail on Buster's neck, then came others, Redtail the hawk, Scrapper the kingbird, Redwing the blackbird, Drummer the woodpecker, Welcome Robin, Timey Tit the chickadee, 
Jenny Wren, Red-Eye the Vireo, and ever so many more. They came from the Old Orchard, the Green Meadows, and even down by the Smiling Pool, for the voices of Sammy Jay and Blacky the Crow carried far, and at the sound of them everybody hurried over, sure that something exciting was going on. Presently Buster heard light footsteps, and peeping out he saw Billy Mink and Peter Rabbit and Jumper the Hare and Prickly Porky and Reddy Fox and Jimmy Skunk. Even timid little Whitefoot the Wood Mouse was where he could peer out and see without being seen. Of course Chatterer the Red Squirrel and Happy Jack the Gray Squirrel were there. There they all sat in a great circle around him, each where he felt safe, but where he could see. And every one of them laughing and making fun of Buster. Thief! 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 screamed Sammy until his throat was sore. The worst of it was Buster knew that everybody knew that it was true. That awful pail was proof of it. "'I wish I never had thought of berries,' growled Buster to himself. End of chapter 21 Chapter 22 Buster Bear Has a Fit of Temper A temper is a bad, bad thing when once it gets away— there's nothing quite at all like it to spoil a pleasant day. Buster Bear was in a terrible temper. Yes, sir, Buster Bear was having the worst fit of temper ever seen in the Green Forest, and the worst part of it all was that all his neighbors of the Green Forest, and a whole lot from the Green Meadows and the Smiling Pool, were also there to see it. It is bad enough to give way to temper when you are all alone, and there is no one to watch you but when you let temper get the best of you right where others see you, oh, dear, dear, it certainly is a sorry sight. Now, ordinarily Buster is one of the most good-natured persons in the world. It takes a great deal to rouse his temper. He isn't one-tenth so quick-tempered as Chatterer the Red Squirrel, or Sammy Jay, or Reddy Fox. But when his temper is aroused and gets away from him, then watch out. It seemed to Buster that he had had all that he could stand that day, and a little more. First had come the fright back there in the old pasture. Then the pail had slipped down behind his ears and held fast, so he had run all the way to the green forest with it hanging about his neck. This was bad enough, for he knew just how funny he must look, and besides it was very uncomfortable but to have Sammy Jay call everybody within hearing to come and see him was more than he could stand. It seemed to Buster as if everybody who lives in the green forest, on the green meadows, or around the smiling brook was sitting around his hiding-place, laughing and making fun of him. It was more than any self-respecting bear could stand. With a roar of anger, Buster Bear charged out of his hiding-place. He rushed this way and that way. He roared with all his might. He was very terrible to see. Those who could fly flew. Those who could climb climbed, and those who were swift of foot ran. A few who could neither fly nor climb nor run fast hid and lay shaking and trembling for fear that Buster would find them. In less time than it takes to tell about it, Buster was alone. At least he couldn't see anyone. 
Then he vented his temper on the tin pail. He cuffed at it and pulled at it all the time, growling angrily. He lay down and clawed at it with his hind feet. At last the handle broke, and he was free. He shook himself. Then he jumped on the helpless pail. With a blow of a big paw, he set it clattering against a tree. He tried to bite it. Then he once more fell to knocking it this way and that way, until it was pounded flat, and no one would ever have guessed that it had once been a pail. Then, and not till then, did Buster recover his usual good nature. Little by little, as he thought it all over, a look of shame crept into his face. I, I guess it wasn't the fault of that thing. I ought to have known to keep my head out of it, he said slowly and thoughtfully. You got no more than you deserve for stealing Farmer Brown's boy's berries, said Sammy Jay, who had come back and was looking on from the top of the tree. You ought to know by this time that no good comes of stealing. Buster Bear looked up and grinned, and there was a twinkle in his eye. "'You ought to know, Sammy Jay,' said he. "'I hope you'll always remember it.' "'Thief! Thief! Thief!' screamed Sammy, and flew away. End of chapter 22 Chapter 23 Farmer Brown's Boy Lunches on Berries When things go wrong in spite of you, to smile's the best thing you can do. To smile and say— I'm mighty glad they are no worse. They're not so bad. And this is what Farmer Brown's boy said when he found that Buster Bear had stolen the berries he had worked so hard to pick and then had run off with the pail. You see, Farmer Brown's boy is learning to be something of a philosopher, one of those people who accept bad things cheerfully and right away see how they are better than they might have been. When he had first heard someone in the bushes where he had hidden his pail of berries, he had been very sure that it was one of the cows or young cattle who live in the old pasture during the summer. He had been afraid that they might stupidly kick over the pail and spill the berries, and he had hurried to drive whoever it was away. It hadn't entered his head that it could be anybody who would eat those berries. When he had yelled and Buster Bear had suddenly appeared, struggling to get off the pail which had caught over his head, Farmer Brown's boy had been too frightened to even move. Then he had seen Buster tear away through the brush, even more frightened than he was, and right away his courage had begun to come back. "'If he is so afraid of me, I guess I needn't be afraid of him,' said he. "'I've lost my berries, but—' It is worth it to find out that he is afraid of me. There are plenty more on the bushes, and all I have got to do is pick them. It might be worse. He walked over to the place where the pail had been, and then he remembered that when Buster ran away he had carried the pail with him, hanging about his neck. He whistled. It was a comical little whistle of chagrin as he realized that he had nothing in which to put more berries even if he picked them. "'It's worse than I thought,' cried he. "'That bear has cheated me out of that berry pie my mother promised me.' 
Then he began to laugh, as he thought of how funny Buster Bear had looked with a pail about his neck, and then because, you know he is learning to be a philosopher, he once more repeated, "'It might have been worse. Yes, indeed, it might have been worse. That bear might have tried to eat me instead of the berries. I guess I'll go eat that lunch I left back by the spring, and then I'll go home.' I can pick berries some other day. <laughs> Chuckling happily over Buster Bear's great fright, Farmer Brown's boy tramped back to the spring where he had left two thick sandwiches on a flat stone when he started to save his pail of berries. My, but those sandwiches will taste good, thought he. I'm glad they are big and thick. I never was hungrier in my life. Hello! This he exclaimed right out loud, for he had just come in sight of the flat stone where the sandwiches should have been, and they were not there. No, sir, there wasn't so much as a crumb left of those two thick sandwiches. You see, Old Man Coyote had found them and gobbled them up while Farmer Brown's boy was away. But Farmer Brown's boy didn't know anything about Old Man Coyote. He rubbed his eyes and stared everywhere, even up in the trees, as if he thought those sandwiches might be hanging up there. They had disappeared as completely as they never had been, and Old Man Coyote had taken care to leave no trace of his visit. Farmer Brown's boy gaped foolishly this way and that way. Then, instead of growing angry, a slow smile stole over his freckled face. "'I guess someone else was hungry, too,' he muttered. "'Wonder who it was. I guess this old pasture is no place for me today. I'll fill up on berries, and then I'll go home.' So Farmer Brown's boy made his lunch on blueberries, and then, rather sheepishly, he started for home to tell of all the strange things that had happened to him in the old pasture. Two or three times as he trudged along, he stopped to scratch his head thoughtfully. "'I guess,' said he at last, "'that I'm not so smart as I thought I was, "'and I've got a lot to learn yet.'" This is the end of the adventures of Buster Bear in this book, because, well, guess why? Because old Mr. Toad insists that I must write a book about his adventures, and old Mr. Toad is such a good friend of all of us that I am going to do it. The End End of Chapter 23 End of Section 6 And End of The Adventures of Buster Bear Recording by John Leader, Bloomington, Illinois